It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right now as we are in off-season mode until the start of training camp in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College in late July. Make sure to subscribe to the show and watch every episode of the show over on YouTube. And if you don't watch on YouTube, that's okay. You can check us out on all the traditional podcasting platforms. So whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the others out there, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers so you never miss a single episode through these summer months. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate either at me or Easily just DM me at Julian Council over there on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle of jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code Locked On at checkout. All right, we're here on the show, sitting here talking Carolina Panthers as we always do. And I honestly, as we're doing the three episodes a week, wanted to pick up the mic and talk to y'all on Tuesday because I saw Cam Newton had said some things about his time here in Carolina last year, a time that I never thought was going to happen. I was saying to y'all that same week when the Panthers brought him back that let it go, it's over, Cam Newton's not coming back as Sam Darnold was on IR and that P.J. Walker was going to be the quarterback that we thought for possibly the rest of the season. I said, let it go. Cam Newton's never going to be back here in Carolina. It's time to move on. And then, well, Cam Newton came back to Carolina and y'all threw tomatoes at me, but I was just as excited as you and everyone out there who loves Cam Newton is to have him back here in Carolina, particularly when you think about how things ended back in March of 2020 when the Carolina Panthers told Cam Newton that he was allowed to seek a trade at that point during free agency where all the starting quarterback jobs and money was already gone. Now, good for Cam, though. He was able to find a home in New England in July and became the starting quarterback of the Patriots during the 2020 season, where he was great in week two against Seattle. And then after having COVID, seemed to struggle the rest of the season. And he even went into detail during the podcast, the Pivot podcast that has Ryan Clark, who you can see on ESPN um, on the across the NFL shows there. Also, Channing Crowder, who's a former NFL player. He was on there. So Cam highlighted his time in New England, but to have Cam back last year, was so special for a lot of us that never got to have the true goodbye. Because the last time we saw Cam Newton in a uniform for the Carolina Panthers was on that Thursday night in week two of the 2020, uh, 2019 season, excuse me, where that was it. Didn't run on that short fourth down inches early in the game and then didn't have the ball late when Christian McCaffrey had the handoff and the Panthers failed to convert there on fourth and inches and lose that game, start off 0-2. And then after that, we didn't see him. And we were hoping he'd come back from the foot injury, but that never happened. And we never got the proper send-off. And even last year, I don't know if we really got the proper send-off for Cam Newton. 
but it was great, especially that Washington game that broke to welcome him back to Carolina in the moment where he ran it in for the touchdown and ran to sit the midfield. And just, that was incredible to get Cam Newton back here. But apparently Cam didn't really look back on the times that fondly. Cause he talked about bringing back the pride of Carolina. And I thought he did early on there, especially against Arizona in the lead up to Washington and just the crowd. And my dad was there that day. He just talked about how loud it was. And I wish I could have been there. So it was great to have Cam back, but we also, at that time, as excited as we were, I remember going off Adam Gold over a 99.9 fan in Raleigh. He's broadcast statewide, and I remember talking to him that day, and I did the emergency podcast, talked to y'all, and, you know, what were the expectations for Cam Newton? He's coming in here late in the season. The hope is from the fan base is, all right, Cam comes in here, we're five and six, we still have a chance to get in the playoffs, or whatever they were at that time. They were whatever they were, they weren't, they weren't, they got back to 500 when they beat Arizona and they lost the rest of the games after that. So they lost seven straight. So they were like five and five or something like that. I don't know. Um, but you come in there hoping that Cam Newton can save the season, which in the moment sounds great, but also kind of looking back on it seems a little insane that, Hey, Cam's got to come in here and save the season. And look, I was someone who was hoping that that could be the case. And you're getting, you get caught up, you get excited in all of it, but also have to recognize that he's coming in here trying to learn the offense. And I've said this to y'all before, what can we reasonably expect from Cam Newton? You know, if he could show, if he could play the way he played against Washington, when I said, when that happened, if he can't, if he plays the way he played today against the Washington football team, that he has an opportunity to be the starting quarterback again in 2022. I said that at the time. And the way he played after that, just did not lead you to believe that Cam Newton had the goods, but also the situation was important. And I always talk about the context of the situation, and Cam brought that up by saying that I signed on a Thursday and played on a Sunday. Now, that Sunday role that he had was running the football, and, of course, the touchdown pass and a second touch. It wasn't to be the starting quarterback. It was to complement P.J. Walker and be that red zone presence and threat that he's always been in his career. And he went on to say in the podcast, saying, at what point did you think you was going to be successful. The next week I started, that's still under 10 days of you being on the team and you're still trying to learn the offense. So before I sit up here and allow the narrative to be that Cam ain't got it no more, Cam is taking full responsibility and saying Cam put himself in a messed up situation, which then had a ricochet effect to how people think of me. He also went on to talk about the New England situation, saying the New England experience was a messed up situation. I was still learning the offense seven to eight weeks into the season. And here's the thing, too, like with Cam, and it's he, he's got a point. He's He came into Carolina. They gave him a limited role there against Arizona. Then he started the very next week against Washington, still trying to learn the playbook and trying to obviously learn, meet some of the guys because it's been such roster turnover. But he came in and instantly showed that leadership, which he's always done in his professional career and is why a lot of teams don't want him in their locker room because he's just such a dominating presence. But he came in and immediately had that energy about him that I think invigorated the team with the struggles of Sam Darnold in the offensive line, this overall, this team and how they played and the breakdown against Philadelphia and losing that game in overtime to Minnesota after coming back in that fourth quarter after doing nothing all day. I think he re-energized the team and the fan base. But it was really only a fun 10 days because after that wasn't great. But what should we have expected out of Cam? if we're really being honest about what the situation could have been. Now, we can also be honest about this. Cam Newton is obviously not the guy he was in 2015. And if anything, he's not the guy he was in 2017 or 
in the first eight games of 2018 when he looked like an MVP candidate. And Norv Turner had him playing some of the best football he's ever played as a passer in his entire career. He's not that same guy anymore. Now, is he better? Is Are there 32 quarterbacks better than him? Probably not. And Channing Crowder on the podcast talked about, well, the NFL thinks that's the case. And the Carolina Panthers certainly feel like that's the case. As I've said before, if they were earnestly giving Cam Newton an opportunity to be a starting quarterback here in Carolina, and he says he loves this place, and we all know that, if they were earnestly giving him an opportunity to be a starting quarterback here in Carolina in 2022, he would have already signed. Matt Rule came out today and said, when asked about the comments saying that, after minicamp, that Scott Fitter and him, they'll talk about, you know, where they're going to go and if they want to add somebody, and that could be Cam. And, of course, there's the conversation about Baker Mayfield, who's been excused from mandatory minicamp there in Cleveland as the Browns have to deal with another accuser um, for Deshaun Watson and that whole situation and what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. He's not going to be there. He could potentially be a Carolina Panther, and the Panthers are going to wait after next week to make any sort of roster decisions, particularly at the quarterback position. And he also talked about, Matt Rule, that is, that he thinks that his offense can be learned during the period of training camp. But Cam Newton, someone who was in New England, who got there in, in, in July, and it's a pandemic season, didn't help him out, and gets there to training camp, and he's trying to learn the offense. He's saying it's still taking him until week seven and eight to really get things down. And then when he finally got things down last year, they decided to move off of him and bring in Mac Jones. So this would be the third straight year for Cam talking about he put himself in bad situations. It'd be the third straight year that if he goes to a team, he's going to miss the entirety of the offseason program. We finally have a normal offseason program for the first time since 2019, and he would not be on a roster until training camp, which, again, would be putting himself in a bad situation. So Cam's not wrong about that, but he's also not the same guy, and both can be true. Like Cam Newton is not the same player that he was before, and it also he was not in the best of situations last year just based off of, well, where the state of the offensive line was McCaffrey not being here and him coming in to try and learn the offense on the fly. And then after the bye week where you would think that's an opportunity to get Cam Newton up to speed that Sunday, they fired Joe Brady and then have a new play caller. How is that going to help him or the team at all? It wasn't. So Cam is absolutely correct. But Cam also is not the guy that we saw before. He's not Superman anymore. Is he better than the fringe guys? In the NFL, is he a better player than Sam Darnold? He's always been. And I don't see how Sam Darnold's better than Cam Newton. But it doesn't really matter what I think or what you think. But the league right now says that they're over Cam Newton. And I hate that to be the case. And hopefully he comes back here to Carolina and gets another opportunity if he truly can be the starter and not just a mentor to Matt Corral because I have no interest in watching that. Yeah, Cam's right. He came up in a bleep. He came into a bleeped, in, bleeped up situation. But he's also not the guy that we knew before. So. We'll see how things play out. As Cam Newton was there on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark and Channing Crowder that you can check out, I guess, wherever you get your podcast. Now, the Carolina Panthers need to fill some holes here defensively this year, and they've done so, so far, via free agency. Now they're doing it also with some players that they had before that they re-signed and a guy who hopefully in year three can emerge. Phil Snow spoke to the media on Wednesday and talked about finding a replacement for Brian Burns. We'll get into that and all of the other changes that occur here this upcoming season in Carolina on the Panthers defense in just a moment here on Lockdown Panthers. At BlueDial.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at the price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. 
build the engagement ring of her dreams, or celebrate life special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 seven. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use Locked On, that's code Locked On Plus. Every order is insured, shipped free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I remember this time last year talking about whether the Carolina Panthers defense could be one of the top 10 units in the National Football League and saying that, hey, last part of the season, last final games, they look like a top 10 unit. You have guys like Brian Burns that are coming back into form. You have Dante Jackson again. You're adding A.J. Bouye, and you have Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin in his second season after being a phenomenal player and someone who would have won Rookie of the Year had there not been a Chase Young who went second overall and lived up to the draft hype after a season. And this Panther defense lived up to it for the most part throughout the majority of the season until the latter part of the year when they sustained injuries in the secondary and just were not good enough against the run. And that's something that needs to change this upcoming season. But one thing they were great at last season was getting after the passer. In particular, Burns, who had nine sacks, and on the other side of 11 sacks was Hassan Reddick, who proved that he was not lying during that 2020 season where he had a breakout 12 and a half sack season in Arizona came here on a $7 million deal. Carolina Panthers got the steal of the season last year, getting him, him. I guess it was basically, if you look at defensive players in the NFL that signed cheap contracts and went on to have great seasons. And I mean, green Bay had Devondre Campbell who they got for basically nothing. And he became an all pro and in here in Carolina getting Hassan Reddick. Now the problem with Hassan Reddick was if he played well, he likely was going to go to the highest bidder during this offseason, which is the case as he's now gone off to Philadelphia and the Carolina Panthers didn't have the money, at least weren't willing to find a way to bring back Hassan Reddick. And they reworked contracts and they had to open up cap space and all that kind of deal. So in the event, as they had the second highest cap space right now, they were able to add a quarterback contract, which they have not done just yet as far as a veteran. So they they maneuvered things around. They were focused on the offensive line and adding hole and fix and filling holes there and in other parts of the defense. And now that's left the Carolina Panthers somewhat susceptible opposite of Brian Burns when it comes to the edge rusher position here in 2022. Now, Phil Snow, Panthers defense coordinator, spoke to the media on Wednesday and he talked about you know, how he believes that the incumbent, it's going to be incumbent upon guys like Marquise Haynes, who resigned here in Carolina, has seven sacks over the last two seasons, and he tore gross mottos to provide the bulk of the edge rushing responsibilities opposite of Brian Burns. And it's interesting hearing that because we, we've had the conversation, like how, what are the Panthers going to do? Are they going to bring in somebody? Like they, we talked about, the, we talked about Clowney. Um, I believe it was, 
Oh, I can't remember his name. There's an, I think there's another former South Carolina player. I think Melvin Ingram, who was out there, talked about them as potential veterans who could come in and be the starter opposite of Brian Burns. But the Panthers have long spoke about this offseason, how they think Frankie Louvu is someone who can be a starter. We would not hear Frankie Louvu's name in that comment from Phil Snow. He did, Phil Snow, that is, mention Shaq Thompson, uh, Damien Wilson, Corey Littleton, Frankie Louvu, and even the safeties, particularly Jeremy Chin, could all be guys that could help out if the Panthers had to go to a by-committee approach, and that ideally, on third-down situations, he would have Brian Burns on the outside, then you have Gross Matos rushing from the inside, and then Marquise Haynes rushing from the other outside position. And could also use my Ioannidis from the inside. And so there's that's kind of an inside look at what he would want to do. But can they rely on Haynes and Gross Matos? Is that the proper plan for the Carolina Panthers? And at the point in time, you have to just develop the guys that you draft. And Haynes is a holdover from the Ron Rivera era, who has had success as a situational pass rusher. Now with more snaps, which Phil Snow believes he's going to play this year. Can he get to seven sacks, eight sacks in a season? Can he do that? And one of the things that Phil Snow says has held back Haynes, who came in from Ole Miss as a guy who didn't have a lot of weight, fast player, but not as physical as he needs to be at the point of attack and in the National Football League. He's put on weight. Last year, he played at 240. Phil Snow says, says that he's now up to 250. That's hopefully what he's going to play at this season. And that kind of goes also with Hassan Reddick. He was a guy who's kind of smaller, bigger than Haynes, well, maybe about the same size as Haynes, who was a little smaller when he came to the NFL. And people had to figure out, you know, the Cardinals, like, where we put him? It took a while. Then they got to the point where, okay, this guy doesn't really fit what we're going to do. Then he has a great season and comes here, and he and Phil Snow finds a way to fit him into the defense. And he has another great season, and now he's gotten paid. He's gone to Philadelphia. And Phil Snow will find a way. But it's one of those cases, too, where it's just like, all right, just trying to figure out where this guy fits. And now it looks like they have it identified and defined role for Marquise Haynes going into the season, but he has to produce. Now, Itor Grossmatos came on late in that last season, had the two and a half sacks in that belt in that Buffalo game, then gets COVID, gets injured, and then you don't see him the rest of the season. But he has the potential. And it's been injuries for him the last two seasons that have really held him back. And yeah, he was a rookie then last year was a second year player. They brought in someone like Morgan Fox, but now getting rid of Morgan Fox having that starting position going to play next to depending on, you know, the scheme situation is going to probably play on those passers and downs against next to Matt Ioannidis. If they decide to go with the four man front and have two guys rushing from the interior, that's how they're going to play it. Some maybe we'll see, but gross Matos has a chance now to really show why the Panthers looked at him in the second round as someone who could be a difference maker on this defense. And he was a fantastic player at Penn state. And we have not gotten to watch that. We've seen glimpses of it. We have not seen him in enough snaps and given enough opportunities to really show out. So can they rely on them? I don't know. We'll see. That's what the plan's going to be, at least for now. Now we'll see also what happens once cutdowns happen and who's available. The Panthers think that, that, that after they've looked at things and they see the, how the preseason goes, and it's going to be living in snaps anyway, where they look at them and think, okay, do we have enough? And you can also get into the season and try and work out a trade if you want to if they think that's the way to go about it. But right now, the plan is Marquise Haynes and Etor Gross Matos. So hopefully for them, it works out. We'll see. Now, another thing that was brought up as the Panthers have struggled against the run by Phil Snow um, was the fact that Damian Wilson, when we're looking at the linebacker position, and that's a position group that has been 
somewhat of a concern here the last couple of seasons as there hasn't been a lot of depth. Luke Keekley retires. Thomas Davis has departed, and they've been really bad against the run. And I told you all last week, I think it was a weekly Friday mailbag, I was talking, someone asked about, you know, why have they been so bad against the run? Can my Ioannidis help out with that? And possibly, but I thought more so it's been the linebacker play. It just hasn't been good enough. Shaq Thompson came out of the gates firing last year. It was amazing. Then he has a foot injury in Dallas. Comes misses some time, comes back with the same player, Jermaine Carter Jr., who's now in Kansas City, wasn't up to task to play that role at Shaq of the play in the middle of that defense as the Mike linebacker. Just what just wasn't up to that level. And now Damian Wilson coming off a great season in Jacksonville. He's had some legal issues, but Joe Person, as I talked about, joined us a couple of weeks ago. Still believes that'll be on the roster unless something else goes awry. He should be on the roster and he'll be needed. And Phil Snow thinks that they're going to be a lot better in the middle of the season. And it needs to be the case because you have Wilson who he thinks will play the mic and Shaq will be there on third down situations where they've traditionally last year, at least only had one single linebacker and had all everyone else rush, um, rushing the passer in particular, seeing guys like chin come up and even Sean Chandler in situations come up and rush the passer and it just be Shaq there in the middle on third down. But it seems like the other couple downs can be Damian Wilson really playing that role. And then Shaq playing more of a weak, uh, weak linebacker position. We'll see. Weak side linebacker position. We'll see how it works out. But that was just kind of uh, some of the things that Phil still had to say and some of the insight he had over on a Wednesday. Now, there was one thing that Matt Rule said. He spoke to the media also. That really stood out to me. And Terrace Marshall, the hype train, is about to leave the station. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Folks, I keep telling you, and I hope you are listening, that Built Bar is by far the best-tasting protein bar ever. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available right now at Built. Com, and you got to act fast because they're already a fan favorite and could be gone soon. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar's Caramel Brownie Bar in a heartbeat. The best part, Caramel Brownie Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Like, for real. You get the Caramel, caramel Brownie covered in 100% real chocolate with Built. You don't have to sacrifice taste for healthy. You can have both. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have all been highly critical of Panthers head coach Matt Rule during the first two years of his career here in Carolina. The decision to get rid of Cam Newton, bring in Teddy Bridgewater and the money that they gave him, it was a head scratcher. I do understand why he did it. I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision even after seeing how the quarterback position has has panned out. But Matt Rule, 
has made some bad decisions at quarterback and also just the quotes about, oh, it took Jay-Z seven years and all of that and just always using the word tremendous and elite. It just sometimes feels disingenuous. And I feel like Matt Rule was, in a way, as we talked about earlier in the show with Cam Newton put in a bleeped-up situation, in a way, Matt Rule was. And I don't think he could have foreseen pandemic happening and taking this job and leaving Baylor where he had success and had just taken him to a Big 12 title game loss Oklahoma that he could not have foreseen that he was going to come to the NFL and that there was going to be a global pandemic and two months into the job. He couldn't have foreseen that. He couldn't have foreseen all the challenges that he's had to face and suffer. And my biggest criticism of Matt Rule, as someone, speaking for myself, as someone who believes Matt Rule deserves a third opportunity here in Carolina and that after two seasons, yes, 10 and 23 start, that he still deserves a little bit of benefit of the doubt. And that's not time to move on just yet. Like, let's see what he can do in year three. Because I don't think it benefits Carolina Panthers at all to get rid of Matt Rule after two seasons, especially for me when the main problem is David Tepper. And we've seen it. If you follow what's going on with the soccer team and the lack of vetting, it seems that they did with their former head coach or manager, you have a lot of questions about Tepper Sports Entertainment and how they're running this organization and the Charlotte FC franchise as well in, ML, in, in, in MLS. So for me, the main problem is David Tepper, not necessarily Matt Rule. Matt Rule got hired by Tepper, and Matt Rule needs to be better. He's a young coach in the NFL standards who didn't have a lot of NFL experience and didn't bring guys on his staff that did. And that was a problem. But since this offseason, he's done a really good job, in my opinion, of bringing guys like Steve Wilkes back, who's spent time here in Carolina, of course, from Charlotte, been a head coach, bringing in Chris Tabor, bringing in Paul Pascaloni, bringing in Ben McAdoo, even though he's not a rock star OC. I told y'all last week how he might be the best addition by far of the offseason for the Carolina Panthers, depending on how things play out. So Rule has done things and taken steps to be better. And he was asked about that on Wednesday, what he personally is doing, as he talks about how he feels like the team is moving forward. Now he has to be a process-oriented guy. And we hear that a lot. We hate hearing that because it's like, yeah, the process, the process, the process, the brand. The brand in Carolina is keep pounding. We don't need you to rebrand things here. Just go with what the mantra's been. But Matt Rook talked about how, for him, he's really focused on the players and his relationship with players and saying that life's all about relationships. I would never underestimate the, that after the first two years because he hasn't had the opportunity to really sit down and talk with these guys and their families and you know them on a personal level. Because all of his conversations and time he's been able to spend with them, especially in 2020, even last year, as there still were COVID protocols, was about football. How many times has he gotten an opportunity to talk to them about life and to be able to spend time with them outside of the facility? Not very many. And Rules talk about how he's had golf outings, a bunch of players, at least the ones that play golf, and then he played with Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey and Jeremy Chin, that he's set to play with the offensive lineman apparently this Friday. If Taylor Moten's son apparently is having a birthday, doesn't get in the way, he's he's done with the specialists. I know we saw, I think there's a picture of him and Johnny Hecker out at the golf course, and that's all great that he's trying to get to know these guys on a personal level. And you can sit back and like, why didn't you do this in the first place? It's not like he's had any opportunity. And I think my biggest criticism of Rule, when we're not even talking about football, is just, He's not been visible in the community. And for a reason, I understand what that reason is in the, in, the, in the restrictions that came with COVID for employees of the National Football League, whether they were vaccinated or not. Those restrictions certainly have held him back from being able to get in the community. And also just how things have gone and uh, reopening and how we've got to try to get back to a normal life, which we have for the most part now. 
Rule just hasn't been available to do those things. So had he been active and visible in the community, like Ron Rivera was basically from day one, people would feel, I think, a little bit differently about Matt Rule. They wouldn't just look at him as, oh, the 10 and 23 football coach who says talks about the brand and elite and uses the word tremendous all the time and all that kind of junk and things that you don't always look like he's prepared and oh, look at his unironed pants and all that kind of stuff. They, they would maybe see him as like, okay, this guy's a community member. At least he shows that he cares about our city because you don't even know if he cares about Charlotte, if he loves being here. Like you knew that about Ron Rivera and all the things that him and his wife, Stephanie, did here in the city with the Humane Society, especially. And I mean, they had sold all their Panther stuff at the end. And when his house burned down and just how the community wrapped their arms around him, like you haven't been able to do that with Matt Rule. We haven't been able to wrap our arms around Matt Rule. And maybe Matt Rule now getting closer to his players and hopefully getting out in the community more. That's the one thing I would challenge him to do now. Like, Hey, you're focusing on your players. All right, man, you get the whole summer coming up. Yes. Spend time with your family. And it's unfortunate that when he has tried to go out, at least to be visible, like at a Hornets game, we've got a bunch of jackasses saying fire rule, which is just, I mean, just out of, it doesn't make any sense. It's out of bounds. Like move on. You're a loser. Like we get it. Like, Oh, you don't want Matt rule. Cool. Like go do something better with your life and sit here and scream some guy, get fired when you're enjoying a Hornets game. Like it's stupid in my opinion. But still, he's earned a criticism, and he understands. He's fully aware. So I appreciate what Matt Rule's doing now with the relationships that he's trying to build with his players. So if they get closer, maybe they're going to play harder for him, and they haven't really looked like they've quit. They just haven't been good or healthy. Now, hopefully, they're going to be healthier this year, and they can have McCaffrey back, and the quarterback can be better. You can actually see Matt Rule reap the rewards of you know, getting closer to his players. But also, come on, man. Share yourself in the community, and maybe more people get behind you. Now, people are starting to get behind Terrace Marshall, and Matt Rule is one of those guys. As Terrace Marshall has come out and he's played well, Matt Rule talked about it on Wednesday. So did DJ Moore, that saying that that's a guy who's come out here and he's just hit the ground running. Terrace was not healthy last season at this point in time of, of the offseason. He wasn't really healthy all last year either with that concussion that missed. He missed three games with that, and really the better part of the last three or four years. He hasn't had a full season of just pure health. He has the talent, he has the speed, he has the size, and he's someone you look at like, God, would love for that guy to be the number two wide receiver of the future as it doesn't look like Robbie Anderson has much of a future past this upcoming season after what we saw last year. Maybe Robbie can bounce back, but right now he's not there as this still is voluntary OTAs. Next week's mandatory. We'll see Robbie. I would imagine that's that was the case last year as he missed this portion and weird that he would considering that you're bringing in a new offense, but whatever. It's his prerogative. He's got to do what's best for him as he prepares for next season. But Terrace Marshall's now been given an opportunity. And Matt Rule's already come out and said, like, I don't really necessarily – it's all the coach speak. Well, I don't really necessarily believe in, like, one, two, or three wide receivers. But, yeah, he's definitely worked his way into that number three spot for sure. And that needed to be the case. I talked with the wide receivers on Monday and how they need to step up this season. And I read out the stats for um, Brandon Zilstra compared to what Terrace Marshall did last year. And Zilstra is a better player. And Zilstra apparently is out there as a second-team holder. Like, that dude plays every freaking position – on the team like god bless him and hopefully he's on the roster again as he's been someone who is has presented his value as far as terrace marshall goes showing up at 5 30 a.m coach is praising him dj is praising him after he spoke to the media for the first time since his extension terrace marshall season might officially be here so it's time to hop on that hype train right now while you still can because that train is leaving the station very soon all right, it's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to watch the show. 
and subscribe to the show here on YouTube because you don't want to miss a single episode as we are in off-season mode Monday, Wednesday, and Friday throughout the summer until we get to training camp down there in Spartanburg, South Carolina on the campus of Wofford College in late July. You can also check us out on all the traditional podcasting platforms out there, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the other ones out there. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers and all your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network so you don't miss a single episode. In the meantime, also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because the next episode's Friday where we have the weekly Friday mailbag here on the show to participate either at me or DM me, which I think is the best way to do it. Just DM me on Twitter at Julian Council and I'll answer your question this upcoming Friday. But in the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole, Keep pounding as always, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.